Welcome to the Cashflow Guys Podcast. That's right. You know what time it is. You know where you are. This is Tyler Chef. I am the host of the Cashflow Guys Podcast, and we are back for another week and another great episode. Boys and girls, you're going to dig it this week. I got some good information for you. But before I get started on that, I want to give a shout out to our good friends over at Rentometer. Today's episode, in fact, is supported by our friends at Rentometer. Rentometer is your source for up-to-date rent information anywhere in the U.S. Double-check current rents or research property investment opportunities. Rentometer, boys and girls, has a free trial that will get you access to the exact same account that I do, which is the Pro feature that gives you zip code neighborhood searches, allows you to use a Google Street View integration. You can learn more about that by going to rentometer.com forward slash Pro, rentometer.com forward slash pro. And with that, boys and girls, let's talk about getting started. If you are ready, let's talk about what it takes, what we need to get started as a real estate investor. Why I love this topic and why I picked this topic this week is this is absolutely the probably the biggest, most popular question that I get besides, you know, where's the money at, Tyler? I need to find some money. I want to get rich overnight. That's a popular question. That's more like a statement, but realistically, I hear a lot of that too. But let's get started with the things that you need to get started. Let's start right at the beginning. I know a lot of you are advanced investors and whatnot, but I think you're going to get a ton of value out of this episode because I'm going to remind you of some things that you're probably not doing or some things that you probably haven't considered. Or, you know, if you're out there doing deals, whether you're flipping, wholesaling, buy and hold, whatever, and you just don't seem to have enough money left at the end of the month, even though you're out there doing stuff, you're attending closings and you get that check at the closing table and it kind of disappears. Well, that's probably because you did not follow the steps of what I'm about to outline here. So let's go ahead and get going now for, you know, getting started for me is the most important step. This is where it all, this is the, where the rubber meets the road. We could talk about it all day long. We could do business plans and all this other crap. But at the end of the day, folks, if you don't actually take the action and make the first step and get started, we can plan and plan and plan. But realistically, that's futile unless somebody actually gets started. And once you get started, what you'll find is that plan that you work so diligently on, make sure all the spelling was correct. Make sure you had all those graphics and images and all you geeks out there that overthink stuff. Looking at that going, look how pretty this is. I'm going to make millions. This will be great when it's funded by whoever Bank of America, which it's not going to because that's the institutional people are not going to even want to deal with you in the beginning. Ask me how I know that. So let's start with what it, we really need to get going. And folks, that begins with a budget, okay? And I know this is the part where you're like, oh, come on, man. I don't want to talk about a budget. I don't want to hear about a budget, blah, blah, blah. I just want to know how to make a whole bunch of money and I'll worry about the budget later. Or I'll wipe it off. I'll put it on my credit card and I'll sort it out later. That is a fast, a lightning fast way to failure. I know very successful people out there that have been investing for many years and they still run their entire business off a credit card and they are actually lying to themselves that, well, I'm getting miles or I'm getting uh, perks or whatever. Stop it. Okay. Stop it. Because eventually something could happen that could slow you down. What if you got in a car accident and you didn't pay that bill and you get whacked with the interest? I know a guy who runs his entire business off his American Express card. In other words, without his American Express card, this old boy would not be in business. It scares me thinking about that. I'm thinking, man, this dude, if he sneezes, he's out of business. It's that simple because every time he gets paid, all of his money goes to pay back the credit card. So he's not really, I don't even think he's making a profit, frankly, but this is the trap you fall into when you finance a business on a credit card. Boys and girls, I've done this myself. 
myself. This is probably one of the reasons I'm so passionate about it. In the beginning, many, many years ago, I used to I used to fund flips with my credit card. That was stupid. The problem is, you know, you pay your credit card off, you don't really even see all the money's going back out to your credit card and you get careless because it becomes easy to spend when you have a credit card and that gets you in big trouble. But this episode's not about, about credit cards. It's about getting started as a real estate investor. So let's dive in and let's talk about some of the typical expenses that you're going to run across and the things that I want you to sit down and, and do a budget. Guys, I could care less about a business plan, frankly. A business plan's a bunch of bullshit, but do write out a budget. You know, when you do the, the mission statement, I pledge to provide safe, low-cost, affordable housing, blah, blah, blah. That's a bunch of garbage. Let's get down to brass tacks. How much is it going to cost you? And I don't care what the guru said that, oh, you can, everything's no money down and you'll never have to do any money of your own money in your deals and this, that, and the other. Well, that's partially true. You don't necessarily have to use your own money in your, in your deals. I don't, but you are going to have to use someone's money because you can't just get deals done with nothing. Okay. You're going to need something, something to trade, raise private capital, use other people's money. But and then you ask yourself, well, how are you going to get the private capital? Well, you got to learn to be a marketer. Now, Guys and girls, I just spent a week. I flew out to California, went out to Traffic and Conversions Summit. Those of you that are not in the marketing space probably have never heard of it, but what it is is it's a it is the largest marketing trade show basically that's out there. It, it's the holy grail of marketing shows. And of all those people, there are very few people that are in the real estate space that were there that I knew anyway. I know a lot of folks in the real estate space, but shockingly, there was a very, very few people out there in the real estate space. Here's the thing. And I know you're not going to like to hear this, but this is the reality. And I'm not going to sit there and blow smoke up your skirt and try to tell you that you're going to get rich overnight in real estate. You guys know better than that. Here's the deal. Here's the reality, folks. If you don't learn to master marketing, if you don't sit there and take the time to educate yourself on effective marketing, you will never, ever make it as a real estate investor. You won't. The people that make it, the people that are that are consistently successful in real estate, and I mean actually successful, not those who are successful on Instagram or Facebook or wherever or YouTube. I mean people that are actually doing it. People that are actually doing it are doing it because they're good at sales and negotiation and they're good at marketing. Those are the keys. So that starts with a marketing budget, boys and girls. You know, you, it, the, you can't market for free, first of all. You can try, but realistically, to get the kind of volume that you need, you're going to have to learn to scale and get your message out there electronically. That's the reality. With that said, I want to start with the, what I call the dinosaur method, direct mail. You got to ask yourself this question. How many pieces are you going to commit to send and how often? Because that number ties to your first step of your budget if you're going to be a direct mail person. Now, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with direct mail, but what I will say is that it's the one of the most common things that real estate investors do. And in reality says, if you're doing the same thing as everybody else, well, that doesn't necessarily help your situation. So think about that. You got to be do, willing to do things a little differently. You got to be willing to think outside the box. When you're doing, when it comes to marketing, it really comes down to, and Russell Brunson says this the best, he who's willing to spend the most to create a customer or to, to attract a customer wins. And that's the reality of it. If I'm marketing in the Tampa Bay area to sell a house, I can crush any realtor out there. Why? Well, that's because I'm willing to spend more on marketing to, uh, to get that the right buyer right? To sell that property or to attract a buyer or to attract a seller. I'm willing, I can outmarket anybody in my area, my local market, because I'm willing to outspend them. I have more money than them. I'm more, I make more than them. I can outspend them. And my marketing message is very, very different. Now I know some of you are going, but that's not fair, Tyler. Well, you know what? Life's not fair. Reality of it is you can learn how to do this too. You can absolutely do this, but it all starts with figuring out where you're at. So in direct mail, I have a guy, his name is Brett. He's a wholesaler here in the Tampa Bay area and he's killing it. Dude made, I think like half a million dollars or something rather last year as a wholesaler. He's not your traditional pants around his ankles, baseball hat backwards, four inch thick gold necklace kind of wholesaler. He's an actual, wears a golf shirt, dresses like a normal person and is out adding value to people. And he's got a team of people working for him. This dude spends a 
mind-blowing amount of money on direct mail. However, he's crushing it. Okay, now if I had him on the show, and he was actually a guest of this podcast a while back, he'll tell you it's he is constantly marketing, constantly, constantly, constantly. For him, it's direct mail. Now, a lot of people, and I've even said this, the the, the rule of sevens. I learned it from a guy by the name of uh, Dev Van Horn back many years ago. And I was told that it takes at least seven touches via direct mail to get someone to engage. And realistically, I've just heard at Traffic and Conversion Summit, that number is basically tripled. It's now 21 to 28 times before you can start to earn someone's trust from a marketing perspective. So think about that. Think about the commitment. A lot of people say direct mail doesn't work. I think that's ridiculous. Direct mail does work. It really comes down to what you're willing to spend okay? what you're willing to spend to get a lead. Now, before I go any further, I don't want you to get discouraged. I don't want you to think that you can't get in the game because you don't have any money. Now, you can still get in the game, but you have to learn to leverage something else, which in my opinion is more valuable than your money, and that's your time. You have to learn to budget your time. But let me continue here on a budget because at some point, folks, when you are breaking out on your own, you're going to have to consider these budget items and you're going to have to set aside some money. I don't recommend that anybody tries to get started in real estate with no money at all. You're going to need some money. Here's some of the things you want to talk about. Let's say direct mail is out of your realm. You don't want to spend the money. I've spent tens of thousands of dollars on direct mail. It works. You know, like anything else, it works. You put the, the effort into it. You take time crafting your message and you send it to a highly targeted audience. It will work. And the thing about marketing is everything works, nothing doesn't. You have to understand that everything works, nothing doesn't, which means if you sit home and talk about, you know, sitting on your back porch pontificating about what doesn't work and that won't work and this won't, well, this won't happen and that won't happen, well, then guess what? You're right. But if you're willing to put the effort into it and craft your message and try, try and try again, every form of marketing will eventually convert to some degree. It really depends on what you're willing to invest both in time and money to make it happen. That said, for your marketing budget, you're going to get into are you going to need business cards? You know, for me, I'm not a business, big business card guy. Everybody knows me around here and every place I go, they're like, oh, I just say cash flow guys. Everybody knows who I am. So I don't usually carry business cards most of the time. I probably should from time to time. It's like I go to events where I don't know anybody, but that said, business cards are an expense. And for some people that could be a $20 expense. Other people that could be a $100 expense. I will say this, keep your message simple. You're going to do business cards. And when you're starting out, keep it legit, man. Don't go out there and spend a fortune. It doesn't make sense. It does not worth it. Bandit signs or signage in general. You can do a car wrap or you're going to do bandit signs. If you're a real estate agent, you're going to use, uh, get signs you know, for your listing. Tell you this, if you're a brand new agent, I wouldn't waste your time buying any signs until you actually get a listing and actually decide that you're going to stick it out as a realtor because the failure rate for realtors is through the ceiling. Now, I've been doing this since the beginning of time, it seems like some days, and I have a whole ton of signs. I can... I don't know, I got 10, 15 signs. Because it's not uncommon that I'll have that many listings going all at once. You want to look at... Um, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Google AdWords, right? You're going to need a budget for your online advertising if you're going to do online advertising now. You know what you're going to say is like, well, Tyler, how much should I spend for my ads? Well, first of all, if you are new to digital marketing, I do not, I strongly encourage you to work with a professional agency in running your ads. Now, the price points of those agencies can be all over the map. So you're going to say, well, how do I find a pro? Well, I'm going to have an episode probably just on that here coming up. Find a good company that comes recommended that can show you tangible results that they've done for other people in the real estate space. Don't hire some guy that does runs ads for a chiropractor to, to run ads for your real estate business. Now, I've belonged to a lot of the Facebook groups for these marketers, and one thing I see is that they'll take on anybody as a client. They're all hungry for business. They all You can always tell when they say, well, it's $1,500 a month. That means they probably took Dan Henry's course or somebody's course on how to run an ad agency. These days, everybody is an ad agency. I swear to God, I think there's people in diapers that are an ad agency. So don't get caught up in the hype of, of this, you know, picking this agency because you saw them on Facebook somewhere, you saw some testimonial. Find people that are in the same space as you. That means real estate investors and ask them who they are using. Now, what you will find 
is that there are very few people using digital marketing agencies in the real estate space. That's sad. You know why? Because they perceive it to be a lot of money. But at the end of the day, guys, you're going to spend, I know people that beginning in the beginning that spend five to $10,000 a month in direct mail marketing. If you put five to $10,000 a month into, into Facebook ads, you'd absolutely crush it. That's crazy. That's a lot of money. You could spend 500 to to $1,000 on Facebook ads and make a killing if the, some person running the ads knows what they're doing. So keep that in mind. Design work. You're going to need someone to do your designs. That could be somebody uh, for $5 on Fiverr, or it could be somebody better on Upworks, right? 90 100 bucks, whatever. It could be a company like Design Pickle. Design Pickle is basically a clearinghouse of folks that do design work and things like that. You pay a monthly fee, you get all the design work you want. Entity creation. Okay. Moving past marketing. I want to talk about a budget for entity creation. Now, I'm going to say this, do not go out and buy an LLC on day one. Okay. Don't do it until you actually have assets. You do not need an LLC. Okay. Now there's two schools of thought here. One is you could do it yourself and save yourself the lawyer fees. The other one is that's crazy. Hire a lawyer and have a lawyer do it. I'm in the camp that says, Hire an attorney, make it happen. My attorney does it for me for like 500 bucks or something like that. It's really cheap. That includes all the fees from the state and everything. So for 500 bucks, it makes more sense to have somebody that actually knows what the hell they're doing create my LLC when you need one. So the next question is, when do I need one, Tyler? You don't need an LLC until you actually have an asset that you're going to acquire and the asset winds up being in that LLC name. That's my opinion. I think you should talk to your CPA and see if there's any tax advantages for you. See if there's tax advantages for you. Well, that's something you want to consider as well. But understand this, just because there's tax advantages doesn't mean that you're going to make a nickel in the real estate space. So let the CPA know, hey, this is my first day as a real estate investor. Do I need an LLC or an entity? And they'll probably say, we can create one for you at any point this year and help you get tax advantages or something to that line. I'm not a CPA. I'm not an expert in tax. I'm not going to be going to even try to be. But a, a, you know, an ethical CPA that doesn't make his living off of creating LLCs will tell you that. Now you go to an attorney, a lot of cases, most attorneys will tell you, of course you need an LLC. You need one for each finger and one for each toe. You need 27 LLCs and you need them in Wyoming and here and there and whatever and all this. There's different schools of thought in that regard, but find an attorney you can trust that makes their money off of legal practice and not their doesn't make their money off of creating entities, right? Because I know a guy that husband and wife that they went out and spent like $23,000 on creating entities and they hadn't even done their first deal yet. First of all, the, the attorney should be drawn and quartered for that kind of money. I think that's absolutely ridiculous. Talk about a scam. But at the end of the day, folks, you don't need to spend all this money getting a quote unquote business set up until you actually have a business worth having. So keep that in mind. Don't go out and spend the money now. Now, first get a business worth having, and you can always deal with stuff within a tax year. And more importantly, instead of the attorney, frankly, I would sit down and talk to a CPA first and get that tax perspective and then go talk to an attorney. Let's move on to equipment and supplies. Now, I want you to think minimalistic. Don't make the mistakes that I did. I went out and blew a whole bunch of money on a whole bunch of gear. And yes, I, you know, the sound quality is good and that's all fine and dandy. But at the end of the day, folks, I pissed away thousands of dollars on equipment. I have a professional studio. I swear to God, I'm like a CBS or something in here. It's ridiculous how much gear I have. We're getting ready to go on the road. My wife and I are going to travel the country for a year or two. And I'm looking at all my gear going, man, I can do the same thing with a $200 digital recorder and a $60 microphone that I can do in my several thousand dollar studio. Don't tell my wife I said that. But <laughs> So with that said, keep it ridiculously simple. If you get too much gear... You're going to get overwhelmed. Ask me how I know. Okay. And for me, it's a, my opinion. I think what you need is a laptop. Okay. I think you need a decent laptop. I'm a Mac guy. So I like Apple products. I get a, a simple MacBook Pro and then a cell phone. Everybody's got a cell phone these days. The only thing I would add to that really is to pick up a wide angle lens for your phone that one of those ones that will either pop onto a case or pop onto your iPhone or your Android or whatever to give you good wide angle shots when you're walking through a property shooting video or still photos. For me, that's a huge 
a value-add tool. Now, that said, guys, don't spend more than 100 bucks on, on a wide-angle camera lens. I've got one that's like $300. It's ridiculous. It's like crystal glass, real high-end. I mean, it puts out beautiful photographs, but you don't need that starting out. And frankly, I didn't buy that for taking pictures of crappy houses. I bought that lens because I do some cinematography and, and YouTube videos and things like that as a hobby. So for me, that's why I justified the expense of that lens, but you don't need that. You can get one for under 100 bucks on Amazon. In some cases, under 20 bucks. So get a, a wide-angle camera lens for your phone with something that pops on. Pens and legal pads. Guys, that's about it. A wide-angle lens, cell phone, laptop, pens, and legal pads. Because you're going to do a lot of writing and you take a lot of notes. Now, virtual tools, I can tell you this. You're going to need to budget for virtual tools. So starting at the top, the most important thing as a landlord is you're going to need Rentometer. Rentometer, you can get a free... The free trial, I said that at the beginning of the podcast, go to rentometer.com forward slash pro, get a pro membership. Now, my opinion, I'm a big believer in the pro membership. That's what I have because it brands the results. So you want to run a rent scenario for a house or multifamily or whatever. It will brand it with your name or your company name or whatever. So for me, like when I do one for investors and I'm going to be owning the property, I use my cash flow guys branding and that goes right on the results. And I'm transparent when I raise money. So I always show the actual rent results that I'm looking at to my potential investors. And so that's a, I love that tool that you can brand it there. And the pro subscription gives you access to everything. It gives photographs, the whole nine yards. Realestatetools.com, a budget for that as well. They, if you're not a Mac user, they've got a monthly option for the deal analyzing software. It's very good. When you start getting more advanced, you can look at services like CallRail or InvestorFuse, uh, Mojo Dialer, things like that to really get some volume going. And guys, understand that you're going to have to be on the phone and you're going to have to start doing volume calls, outbound calls. That's just reality. And in some cases, if your marketing's working, you're going to get a lot of inbound calls. Uh, one of the things I like about some of these services, like CallRail, for example, it will give you analytics on where your calls are coming from, help you track what works and what doesn't. And here's the thing with marketing, folks, it needs to be trackable. Okay, whatever, if you're doing several different types of marketing, you need to set up a way to make it trackable so you can tell which forms of marketing are working. The worst thing you could ever do is have thousands of dollars a month going out on different types of marketing, not knowing which one is more successful, and you have to actually stop one to determine whether or not it was successful. That's not good. That's gonna you're gonna spend a lot of money that way. So don't do that. Uh, an email program, I think you should have some sort of email marketing program. And I do believe, as a real estate investor, you should have a list: list of buyers, list of sellers, list of uh, private capital investors, things like that. You know, you could start with something simple like Mailchimp uh, or Constant Contact. If you're more advanced, or you're going to get more advanced, then you switch over to something like Drip or I use Active Campaign. And when you really get hard on your marketing and start hammering it good. I use click funnels as landing pages and things like that. I use these for my listings. I use these for real estate courses. I use it for all kinds of things. But uh, click funnels is like kind of like a almost a done for you plug and play type system. It can cost as little as a hundred bucks a month as much as two ninety seven a month. It has a built in CRM, right? So there's opportunity there everywhere, but you just gotta pull the trigger and do it. Education budget guys, you gotta have to spend some money on education to some degree. That could mean going to sitting through a course. That could also mean setting the time aside or maybe uh, leveraging your time better if you're going to do it like the YouTube method way. You can literally learn everything you need to know about real estate investing on YouTube for free. Absolutely can do that. You can also learn everything you want to learn about real estate investing from reading books. It's everything that's ever been put out. Every great idea has been documented in print. I guarantee you that. But you got to have the time aside, set aside to be able to sit down and read all those books or sit down and watch all those videos or sit down and listen to all these podcasts. Okay. And if you, so if you to have the time, maybe your budget would be on some technology 
technology tools that would help take care of some of your other tasks. Maybe it would be hiring a part-time assistant to help do some of the lists. Maybe it would be hiring a handyman to get some of your honeydew list so that your wife or your husband doesn't strangle you for not getting your housework done. Things like that, you can factor into your budget to create more time in your schedule to get things done. That said, huge way to learn is to go to local meetups. Get out to local meetups, not so much the RIA meetings, you know, where they're part of a national RIA and they're always pushing some sort of hokey product, but the actual meetups where like regular people sit down and share experiences. Talking to other people is a great way to learn. And staff and services budget, again, it goes back to leveraging your time. You're going to need people to help you to this day. Now, I'm training a new buyer's agent right now, and we're going through this phase of she sees a cash transaction, which is essentially pretty easy. This title company does most of the work, and she doesn't She's she doesn't like to turn it over to the transaction coordinator and spend the 300 bucks if she doesn't have to because she views it as quote-unquote simple. And the title company would do a lot of the work. Yes, but the thing I have to explain to her is that this work is being done by somebody else that's more frankly better at it than we are number one and number two it's one less thing we have to worry about one less thing we have to focus on so we can be out in front of people we're out in front of people we make more money now when it comes to transactional services folks you know inspectors and things like this a lot of times you can ask for these charges to be paid outside of closing or paid at closing um, appraisals and, and stuff like that all that stuff can a lot of that stuff can be done by closing and you don't know if you don't ask right the worst they could say is no we need payment at time services rendered but hopefully that will help you if you apply that save some money on you know getting all these different things done if it's tied to a specific deal okay why not tie it to the closing if you can so people will say they should one guy told me that they can't believe that i don't teach a salary for an acquisitions team well i don't believe that you should budget a salary for an acquisitions team and i'll tell you why because your acquisitions team should be on commission which means no dealy no pay right no no money no pay you got to bring money in for us to pay you out of it. If you don't bring any money in, I got nothing for you. I don't like putting anybody on salary. I don't put anybody on salary. I will never have anybody on salary. Everybody gets paid based on commission or based on performance. That's that's that. Okay. And last but not least, boys and girls, I said at the beginning, but I'm going to say it here at the end. Do not build your business with a credit card. Don't do it. Okay. Do not build your business with a credit card. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to wrap it right there. I hope you have a great week, and I'll catch up with you next week. This concludes today's episode. You don't have to wait till the next episode to learn to earn. Head over to CashflowGuys.com and contact Tyler and his team for more powerful tips and ideas. So you can start generating multiple streams of income and escape the rat race.